You're listening to the Denver Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by RICO, your local guide for all things real estate investing in Colorado. What's up, Colorado? Chris Lopez here, and we have the October trends updates for Denver and Colorado Springs. We're going to go through the stats. We're going to go through some ADU updates and news. We're going to talk about interest rates. We're going to talk about rents. And we're going to talk about some year-end buying opportunities as well. We're recording this right before Thanksgiving. So there are going to be some Black Friday sales and new builds and rentals around town. And we will talk about that. So I've got my panel today. Preston Newberry, how are you? I'm doing great, Chris. Thanks for having me on. Stacey Rosansky, how are you, Stacey? Doing good. Excited to be here. And Jenny Bayless, how are you, Jenny? I'm doing great. Thanks, Chris. All right. So I think everyone knows them, but if you don't, they're all Envision Advisors agent. Uh, Preston and Stacey are up here in Denver. Stacey's our in-house ADU expert. And Jenny does our uh, Colorado Springs and Pueblo investments down there. So we have the crew in here. And we've got Jenny up here in person. I know. I know. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, drive up north, huh? Yeah. <laughs> so since you made the drive, Jenny, you get to start off with the stats on what's going on down south. All right. Well, I think the best way to describe it is roll the dice. And that's probably what you're going to get <laughs> for this month. So kind of the key highlights is that new listings went down um, from month over month. And it was down from year over year as well. Um, sales went down marginally, in my opinion, Stats-wise, it was 15%, but in reality, it's 200 units. So, you know, it's just, it's all relative. And then interestingly enough, median sales price went up about a percent month over month. Um, and it's up wow. year over year, still 4%. So hmm. very interesting um, combination of stats. Not quite what I was expecting. Um, I was thinking that Kind sales, of a mixed bag there. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking sales were going to be down a lot more. And I was thinking median sales price is going to be down a lot more. So... I don't know. <laughs> I wonder if we're getting like just a bunch, a couple of big sales that dragged it up or. I don't yeah. know. It was hovering. It did drop last month, month over month um, a little bit. Um, so I think that is just kind of teetering, you know, like holding, really holding steady, honestly, um, in the grand scheme of things. So I, I just found that interesting. Okay. Yeah. And if you guys want all the details and numbers, we don't go over them the podcast anymore, so we don't put you to sleep while you're driving. Uh, <laughs> go to the blog post. We have all the stats on there, so you can actually go view them in detail. We like to keep this podcast more high level and like some trends, because uh, this gets too hard to go through a bunch of numbers and stats. Mm -hmm. Preston, what's happening in Denver? Lots of craziness going on up here, Chris. Um, <clears throat> big thing that I noticed was we have 115% more listings this year than last year. But to kind of put that into perspective, that still only gives us 7,300 current listings, which is about half of what we would consider a balanced market here in Denver. So there's a ton more listings, but still not enough to really move the needle a ton and put it into a complete buyer's market. So there's still opportunities out there. But, uh, you know, I think, you know, just looking at the market in general, we've got a lot more to choose from. So buyers are able to be a little bit more picky in what they're what they're going after. Um, the other thing I noticed and is... Sorry, before we go on there, because I think, I don't know the exact numbers, but I think the inventory level is pretty close to where it was back in 2019. 2019 when rates were drifting up some, right? Yeah. So the last normal market we had was about 8,600 active listings in 2019. So we're creeping back up there. You know, we still have a few thousand units to go, but we'll kind of see how things play out for the rest of the year. Yeah. So even though inventory is way, way up, up relative to COVID, it's about normal war. It it's about normal for 2019. Ago. Yep, exactly. <laughs> um, <clears throat> the other interesting thing I found is we're down 40% in closed units. So there's definitely less activity going on right now, even with the increase in inventory on the market. So I think that just goes to say, hey, you know, buyers, if you're 
ready and willing and able, now's a great time to get out in the market and make something happen because there is opportunity out there for sure. Um, but the other nice thing is that we're still up 8% year over year for um, average price. So the market is still moving along, but we just have a lot more to choose from right now. I find that interesting that your new listings increased so much and Colorado Springs went down. That's what I was interested in. We were talking before the show weird. and that was one yeah. of the things that kind of clicked with me. I was really surprised to see that we have so much more inventory increase up here than what they have in the Springs, especially for the Springs being a smaller market. Yeah, yeah. So uh-huh. any guesses as to why? Like I have no... I could not I couldn't even begin to speculate yeah. on that one. Yeah. <laughs> Can you make something up for a good story too? Uh, <laughs> maybe military moves? Mm. I don't know. Like maybe no one, maybe everyone's settled. They do more in the summer. I think one I'm of the other things that that's added to our increase in inventory here in the Denver market is a lot of the new build stuff that's on the market mm-hmm. now, whereas before builders were not putting a lot of stuff on the market, one, because they didn't have to, and two, it was flying off the shelves. And now we're starting to see a lot more new build product in the MLS, um, whether it's from agents or builders or whatever the case is. So I think that'll definitely have some effect on what we see for the inventory levels, as opposed to what we would normally see you know, out there in the world. So you're seeing the, the builders put a lot more of them back to the MLS now? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. And especially stuff that maybe they had under contract and wasn't in the MLS and now buyers backed out or had to walk away from them. Now they're back in the MLS is like, Hey, these are new built, ready to go. Um, and builders are definitely going to be wanting to get, wanting to get those off the books before the end of the year. So our MLS actually, um, ha- has a comparison between existing homes and then all homes. Does, does the Denver, um, MLS do that as well? It depends on how it's put in because sometimes the builders are now reaching out and using agents to put them in because they're obviously not licensed to put stuff in the MLS. So mm-hmm. it kind of depends on how they're put in the MLS and, you know, kind of garbage in, garbage out okay. kind of thing. So it's hard to tell sometimes, but there's definitely the ability to search for new new build home communities, but sometimes they're not always listed there. Okay. Yeah. Um, the other interesting stat, stat I thought that was kind of cool was that we're up 100% for days on market here in the metro area. So average days on market last year was 14 days. We're now up to 28 days. So still less than a month of inventory, but it's up 100%. That's quite the headline. It's quite the headline. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I think this is a great stat because like, this is something buyers should pay attention to because right now sellers are confused, right? Everyone, we're still coming out of that. My house should sell in a weekend. And when it doesn't, they get scared, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a great opportunity to put in an offer that might be under list price or with some concessions because we're not, we haven't normalized the days on market yet. Yep, I agree. And I think that that's one thing that experienced agents and people need to be talking about with sellers and buyers both is like, hey, these are the new conditions. Like this is our, our market again, right? We have to be realistic with what we're doing with pricing and expectations on when it's going to sell and stuff like that. So Stacy, kind of shifting out of the stats mode into ADUs, um, and as we were spicing things up with the monthly market updates, you know, for a while, you know, you, you and I have been doing a bunch of ADU podcasts, we've done some ADU market updates, and realized, you know what, let's just throw it into this month because it's updates, it's news, and then you brought a couple of bullet points. So what is going on in the world of ADUs? Absolutely. Do you want the good news or the bad news? Bad news first. Bad news first. Permitting ADUs. Everyone knows the city of Denver has long waits in their permitting department. The last update I heard from one of our builders is 280 days to get a permit for an ADU. And you can only bet that that's going to (laughs) increase. So bad news is is they're still taking a long time to get built. (laughs) I mean, so three quarters of a year (laughs) to go out there and just get the permit. Correct. Yeah, they're really backed up. And that's provided you don't have to go back for revisions or or tweak Mm -hmm. anything with your permit plan. So I know you do some uh, new build stuff, Preston. Mm-hmm. I know all across the board, all here is people uh, not saying very nice things about the length of time. Yep. 
Um, is that on par with like in general what you're seeing with some of the new construction stuff you do? Yeah, it is. I mean, you're pretty much between any of the metro counties, you're looking anywhere between six and 12 months to get permits for anything. Um, and that's provided once once you submit everything that it's 100% good to go. If they come back with revisions or anything like that, you can count on another at least four to six months. Really? Yep. Okay. Because you basically jump back in line. All right. <laughs> All right. All right. So, bad news out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got good news. Give us some good news. Um, West Highlands was the newest neighborhood to pass the neighborhood-wide zoning, rezoning to allow ADUs neighborhood-wide. So that makes it the eighth neighborhood to get approved in Denver. And that it adds about 3,200 more lots um, available for ADUs to be built on. That's awesome. So what exactly does that mean? So I know we've talked about it, but they pass it. What does that mean from like a practical level for homeowners and you know, investors. Um, it's just one less step in the, you know, ADU building process. They no longer have to submit to rezone their property. Um, they can just skip that step, which again is time and money. <laughs> so um, it just makes it that much easier. Right. Um, so on that note, the ADU committee, community advisory committee, that's through the city of Denver. Um, they're sort of just wrapping up. They, I think it was like seven or eight sessions. Um, their last meeting is on December 8th. It's on Zoom. It's at 4.30. If anyone who's interested should tune in just for education, they're going to be kind of going over their proposal that they've, you know, compiled <clears throat> all the input from different neighborhoods and, and committee members. Um, and then they're going to be submitting this per proposal to planning board and city council. Um, what I will say is if you're someone that lives in a suburban neighborhood in Denver and you want to see ADUs, your council people need to hear from you because from my interpretation of these meetings, that's where the most pushback is. They're, they're, their ADUs will be most likely allowed everywhere, but they they are putting more restrictions on suburban neighborhoods than urban neighborhoods. Why? I think it's just the way they're they were originally catered. They're larger lots. They're not on alleys. People want more privacy in the suburbs. But my opinion is, and don't quote me on this, but I don't. You know, you're allowed to build an ADU in Arvada or Littleton, the actual suburbs, and they don't have as strict of restrictions as they might be proposing for the suburban neighborhoods of Denver. So is a lot of the pushback coming from, I guess, the the owners in those neighborhoods is kind of like the typical, like just NIMBY stuff, not my backyard. Like that would be my guess. And that's who the city council people are hearing from. Right. So they're they're um, representing their constituents. So if you're for ADUs and you live in one of those neighborhoods, you're that's why I'm saying reach out to your your, your get, council, get your voice heard. <laughs> get, reach out to your council members. Um, they're also going to put this proposal. It'll be public, and there'll be public comment. Like I think they said, for a whole month, you'll be able to, you know, voice your comment on their proposal. So take action. <laughs> Do you know much about the proposal and what's in it? Is there anything kind of jaw dropping or anything, you know, really crazy about it? Not really. Okay. Um, it's it's mostly kind of talking about you know, relaxing a little bit of the standards. Um, I think there's a real push for one level ADUs. I think where a lot of people get um, upset is those, the taller mm -hmm. ADUs that's looking into someone's backyard um, and just figuring out that all the lots in Denver are different, right? So we can't necessarily have this like total this one cookie standard, cutter, yeah. um, which makes sense. Um, so it's, they, they've, they've been very thorough. Um, but my takeaway was, you know, these suburban neighborhoods are definitely, it's going to be harder to build one in a suburban neighborhood. Okay. Um, 80s in Colorado Springs, Jenny, there isn't 
I mean, there's nothing like going on down there like we have in Denver, right? No. And to be honest, I don't really know a whole lot about it just because it's not really anything that too many of our clients have inquired on. I know that there are, you know, building regulations and, you know, code requirements and all that. But um, yeah, the most- Just I've, hasn't been a hot topic down there. It really hasn't. Yeah. I've just heard of a lot of people like converting garages or, you know, things of that nature. Just, <laughs> yeah. So- so for that ADU uh, uh, planning session, are you going to go to that, Stacey? Um, it's all on Zoom, so you can just tune in on your. That wasn't com- my question. Computer. <laughs> I was. I I want the cliff notes. Oh yeah, I'll, I want the I will cliff tune notes in. for me and the podcast yes. listeners because uh, that's what I like. I will tune in and report back. <laughs> awesome, thank you. <laughs> right um, all right. Any other ADU updates? I think said that was that, that was, was it. it. Right? Okay, cool. So bad news, good news, good news. Mm-hmm. All right. So you guys want to talk about uh, buying opportunities, rates or rents first? Let's talk about rents. All right. Well, you start off, you you took the bait. Yeah. <laughs> Seeing a lot of headlines out there right now about rental rates dropping across the country. Um, we haven't really seen that much here in Denver. I think things have been steady with, you know, a slight increase, not what we kind of expected, especially over the last year or so. Um, but we're seeing a lot of headlines right now about rents dropping across the country over the last three months. And Stacey, I know you, uh, some anecdotal stuff. Can you share what you happened with your rental in Centennial? Yes. Um, so I rented it out in June. Um, of 2022. Of 2022. Okay. And then something happened with my renters where they had to move states. I think their jobs got transferred. Um, so when I ended up having to put it back on the market in October, October, November, I definitely wasn't wasn't seeing any traction at the same rental rate. So I had to drop it like a few hundred dollars. Are you sure the numbers? Uh, yeah, it was rented at 3850 in June and now it's renting for 3500 And this is pretty standard single family house down there, right? Yeah, it's yeah. a big house. I mean, it's five bedroom, but single family, you know, okay. garage and all that stuff. So about $350 in rent drop. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you know, obviously like we talk about prices with seasonality, rents have seasonality as, as well. Um, there's a lot less data out there tracking that since rents are not public like sales are. Uh, do you have any kind of like sense for are rents dropping? Is this seasonal or do you just also combination of like you just leased up at the right time, higher rate? Like, how do you interpret that that type of rent swing? Um, that's the feel I got because like when we rented it in June, there was a ton of interest and, you know, multiple people applying. And this was like, crickets when we listed in October. So I felt like time of year had a big thing to do with that. Yeah. I mean, my gut says that would probably be the biggest driver. I mean, with interest rates going up, we know what that does. It knocks people out of the buyer pool, which just puts more people back into the renter pool. Uh, The last four months, there's been no like magic, you know, something where they're dropping a bunch of rental units all of a sudden in Denver Metro. To me, the biggest variable is just like seasonality on there. Yeah. People don't want to move when it gets colder and closer to the holidays. And well, interesting. Preston, what about your, uh, you recently converted your nomad townhome yep. to a rental property and you were talking about kind of lease up for that. Can you yeah, so that, I guess? I mean, unfortunately, you know, I had previously kind of timed this to be out of there, hopefully at the beginning of summer, kind of June, July-ish. Um, but my new build didn't get completed until the middle of October. So what a surprise. Yeah, weird, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I knew it was definitely going to be a little bit of a, you know, harder, harder lease up to get my place leased up. Um, we've had it on the market now for about three weeks and we've only had 
three or four inquiries. We've had probably 10 different showings, but only three people have actually reached out. So, um, you know, I think a lot of that is a seasonality and we definitely listed it about $300 less than what we would have during the summer, um, just to hopefully drive some more traffic. So what'd you list to that? Uh, we listed at 2950 or 2995. Okay. Um, do you remember what you underwrote it a year ago when you 3,300 to 3,400? Okay. And um, that was like prime time. Yeah, that was prime time. Um, but again, knowing we're going into, you know, kind of the slow, slow part of the year, I just, I want to get somebody in there. Um, we'll probably end up doing either a sixth or a 14 or 15 month lease, kind of depending on where we're at, just so we can time that lease to, to be back in, in kind of prime time when the lease comes up again. Um, but working with Eric Ross and his team over there at uh, Ego Space, they're, they're awesome. So. Yeah, that's a good thing to highlight because you're going to, you know, probably do a six month lease. We said a longer yep. lease to time it back in that spring summer cycle. And Stacy, I think you said this before we hit record on here. When you sign your new lease, you put them on a 18 month lease, right? Yeah, I did the same thing. Yeah. And this is like a very important thing. Like even uh, before interest rates went up, if this was a year ago, two years ago, three or four or five years ago, and you're going into like holiday season, mm-hmm. rents are always lower. Uh, demand longer. is lower. Yeah, demand is lower. Yep vacancies are higher that is very typical um of the seasonality of there and that's always been the play like hey cool if it happens whatever it's still better to rent it out versus sit vacant for six months exactly drop a few hundred dollars rent it out but be smart about it and do a shorter lease or a longer lease and tee it back up for the right time to uh to lease absolutely it up yep uh, any any uh rent news or updates down um, south, Jenny? Just my personal anecdote for, uh, I had one unit that came open um, and we raised the rent. So the, the person that was in there before, she was paying, I think, $900 a month, which is very low. Um, and then we ended up raising it $200 a month. Um, and it did take a bit longer to get rented, probably about a month. Um, and it was, there's a lot of interest, but not a lot of qualified applicants, which I thought was interesting feedback on that. Um, so yeah, yeah. So it's definitely slower because normally things in the Springs go Fly very, right very quickly, especially yeah. at that but price even with, like point. seasonality, like it's, it's, it, does it feel slower than normal this time of year or, yes. or is that? Okay. Yes. Cause like to give an example, I had a single family home last year that went open around Christmas time. So we rented it out, uh, I think, you know, the 2nd of January or something like that. And it went within a few days, which, I mean, who was shopping? Who would have thought that, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I thought that was interesting, an interesting change, especially at that price point. I would imagine that there would have been a lot more interest. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're going to have to get some uh, property managers up here in Denver and Springs. Yeah, kind of with their, uh, for sure. Their stats are if we can uh, get them away from actually running the business and you know, <laughs> yep. managing people's properties. Uh be good to get their insight and data on there. Mm-hmm. All right. So rents, like I said, seasonality, and it sounds like maybe a little bit slower than normal. Mm-hmm. But like, I just like, where are people living? That's what I like. I kind of go back to It's like, where are people living with this? Because I mean, buyer pools drop down. There's been no influx of rentals. Like what is. That's my concern, honestly, is the unknown related to that. Just in the sense, are people combining um, generations? Are they. I think a lot of yeah. people are Living combining households right now. Or, yeah, yep. it's just, that's very an interesting concept. And I don't think there's a lot of information on that. And it makes things very hard to gauge where things are going to go. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely could, you know, what happens in rough times, people get a roommate mm-hmm. or, yeah, they live with, you know, uh, mom and dad, kids or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It'd be yeah. interesting to see how that plays out. That takes a while to get that data. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, I mean, on some good news, I mean, 
rates plummeted, which is a good headline, but let's be you know relative here. Uh, they peaked about 7% mm-hmm. a little bit ago. And then, of course, right now, the bond market and rates are kind of a little bit of a roller coaster. That they are indeed. But you were just saying you talked to lender earlier today, Preston, and... and yeah, I mean, they're down to mid to low sixes. And, you know, you can even buy the rate down under under 6% right now for, you know, okay. point, point and a half. So, um, you know, definitely some movement in that market. We'll see how long it lasts. But, uh, you know, like Chris said, it's kind of a roller coaster right now. But if there's opportunity there, take advantage of it. Woohooing for a 6% interest rate, huh? Yeah. <laughs> how times have changed. Hey. <laughs> Uh, I mean, but like talking about that, like, you know, this is, you know, rates will probably continue to bounce around, you know, the every every month a CPI comes yeah. out and all that. So that's going to change a lot of things. Uh, rates will go up, rates will go down. Um, but an important thing to talk about is the opportunities out there right now. Again, this is, I, again, we're talking for longer this term, is all long term yep. investing, not like, hey, come in here and make a, not trying to time it with, the perfect time to market and sell in the spring or trying to time the perfect time the interest rates drop because like, that's very much a fool's game. But there's opportunities and there's opportunities on current inventory and opportunities for some new construction stuff. Yep. And you were talking new construction earlier, Preston, about how builders are starting to put them in MLS more. Which they are, means, yeah. You know, they're getting less traffic and they're getting more eyeballs. Yep. They're being nicer to real estate agents. They're being much now. nicer to real estate agents now. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So kind of peeling back the onion some more, what are you seeing on the new build side um, and what's going on there and any type of like opportunities? Yeah, absolutely. I think there's a ton of opportunity. I think that's one of the biggest places right now to find some opportunity from what I'm seeing anyways is, you know, builders are going to have some inventory on their books come the end of the year and they're really going to want to get get rid of it. Um, and I think that there's some opportunity there, whether that's, you know, working with them to get some seller concessions or get some additional benefits in the house, whether that's finishing some things or getting appliances or whatever the case may be. I think buyers have a lot more bargaining chips to work with now um, just because there's so much opportunity before the end of the year to, to work with new build stuff. And especially if it's prop properties or projects that, you know, they've already got up and running and they're vacant and ready to go, you know? Are you seeing any like differences? Cause I mean, I, I, I think in new builds as you know, there's a bunch of like the 10 or 20 home townhome developments that are infill in, in mm-hmm. Denver, Wheat Ridge, Arvada. And then you have like the giant communities out, the, you out, know, out by the airport yep. or up North. Like, are you seeing differences on there? In terms of like, I think they're both hurting. Yeah, they're they're both hurting. Um, and you know, it's across all the different builders that we're seeing. I mean, you, you go out, especially out east, you go out to these bigger communities where you know there's five, six, seven different builders out there, and now they're all having to compete with each other, along with you know buyers and trying to get their attention and, and get stuff you know sold and under contract. So I think that it's pretty much across the board. Because it, well, one thing I think hap- that happened was a lot of these buyers, you know, they signed up for these houses in spring, right? And so they're expecting to buy them at a certain interest rate and now that's not available. So they're losing a lot of contracts. Um, And then on top of that being like offloading end of year stuff. I mean, I think I saw a listing the other day that just said, name your incentive. Yeah. 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 Wow. Did they give you a list to choose from? (laughs) No, it's wide open. So, So definitely think there's a good opportunity in new builds. Yeah, and uh, like you said, there's a couple factors going on. Like a lot of contracts are falling out, demands died off, and plus the way a lot of times, you know, the if you always kind of go back to you know follow the money, um, you know, new construction, it's all being built on loans, mm-hmm. and they have various things, and they usually have quarterly and year end deadlines, and they want to hit hit their targets, so they can you know get the next round of loans or free up that loan and do things, and so between the seasonality, uh, the lack of demand, and also you know interest rates, year end. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, I think there's good opportunity in there. I would agree. Are so, you seeing that in the Springs at all, Jenny? So we don't work with a ton of new builds. We we do have you know a decent relationship with a, a townhome new builder that mm-hmm. we we've spoken about on the podcast a few times, and I I'm I've been made aware that they've the the builder the seller has pre purchase loans essentially from what I'm understanding to the point where they figured out that it was easier for them to buy down rates at a bulk discount than for them to lower the price. So they're able to offer some pretty, you know, decently rate, uh, decent rate uh, loans if you you go with their preferred lender. Um, So I thought that was kind of an Hmm. interesting concept as opposed to they don't want to drop the price. They want to incentivize via financing. Um, So, yeah, but yes, to answer your question, I, I am on a lot of, um, email lists, lists like, yeah. Hey, free, you know, free lunch, free breakfast, free coffee for yeah, we're just, just come, just come yeah. talk to us, please. Yeah. <laughs> so I think, I think there's a lot of that going on. Are there yeah. any, uh, Sunday brunches with bombless mimosas? Yes. That we can go <laughs> out to. Yes. There's some, yeah, there some interesting. No, you, you're uh, kidding, but options, I'm not. Yeah. There's definitely, <laughs> no, that's, that's a thing. Yep. <laughs> Oh, it's amazing. Houses how, and mimosas, like, man. Yeah. It's amazing how times have changed. Um, so here's a question. I, you know, I get a lot. I'm sure you guys do as well. I don't know the answer. Uh, but hey, there's concessions right now. There's, you know, the, the pendulum has swung. Is it, hey, take advantage of the opportunity or, or wait longer and see what happens? Like, I always... I mean, I think it goes like, back to the crystal ball that we always talk about that we don't have. You know, I think if you're ready and, you know, have the opportunity to do something go when you're ready, right? Don't sit around and wait. Yeah, things may get better. Things may get worse. We never know. But, mm-hmm. you know, again, like we always talk about, it's a long-term play and that's what we coach with all of our clients. So if you're, you know, in a, in a position to make something happen, find the best deal that you can and, and you know, move on with life. Yeah. If it works today, generally speaking, it should work in the long term. Yep. And I think the thing I think about is we don't know what the thing will be to shift the market again. To we have really short attention spans and forget how hard it was in the spring for buyers. Um, and so, yeah, there are things not to our advantage, like interest rates are higher, but we're still, like you said, we're still short on inventory. And so if rates do come down, all those people are going to come out of the woodwork and then we're going to be in a competitive market again. Which I think we're probably going to see come close to the end of Q1 or beginning of Q2 Is next year. Is that your feeling right That's now? That's kind of what I'm feeling. And, you know, based off all the, you know, articles you read and all the data that we have, I think that once we get through the holiday season and people are adjusted to where rates are at, we kind of, you know, get through the first month or two of, of 2023. I think that, yeah, there's going to be a lot of people coming off the sidelines. Yeah, I'm so eager to see come around like, you know, mid-February or so, as, yep. you know, things should be heating up, like how things are. Because I feel like that would be a really good barometer for the rest of the year. I would agree. I mean, this year, like, it was like January 2nd. It yeah. was like everything was already popping. Like, yep. it was, uh, you know, there was no spring. Full speed ahead. Right. Uh, I don't think it would be like that this year, but more like what? Normally, end of January, early February, things are picking up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm very curious to see the year-over-year data, like, April-ish, May-ish. I'm very curious yeah. to see what yeah. that looks like. Yeah. So just keep buying. <laughs> well, that goes like, I, you know, uh, I always really like time the market to like, you know, when I have tried and I've numerous, I feel it numerous times in stock trading, all that. Mm-hmm. And I still like, I, you know, I, I don't actively trade, but I, I, I put a little money away every year into the stocks and I usually just kind of do a lump sum. And then the last couple of years between COVID and this, I will try my best very loosely, just kind of time it as the market goes down or kind of towards the bottom. So, Hey, let me just kind of put a chunk in here at that time. And it's just, you know, it's just more of a game and fun. Um, 
I still have yet to time it perfectly, but I'm still like close to like, you know, like, hey, cool, this is lower than it was. I'm happy with it. But try and time it perfectly is so hard to do, do in that. And real estate's harder because you can't instantly go out there and execute. You have to go under contract for at least a couple of weeks or you know, or maybe 10 days. Yep. Um, and then with interest and a lot rates, can change. that's yeah. the wild card too. So much that people don't think about in real estate. Oh, prices are dropping or going up, but what are rates doing? Like well, that has such a, such a big impact. Yeah. And that's the other thing, you know, back to kind of our stats from, from last month. I mean, we're still up 8% year over year for, you know, prices here in Denver. So yeah, even though all this other stuff is happening, real estate is still getting more expensive. Yeah. Yeah. It's just interesting, you know, going back to your timing, the market discussion, like I feel like every time I have bought a property, there has been some external force working against me and I've never had like the perfect purchase, but as time goes on, I've looked back and I'm like, man, that was really good property or, you know, like, yeah, I think that is kind of the factors that were against you when you bought it. You kind of look back at them, you know, after a couple of years and you're like, oh, that wasn't really a big deal. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. There is no perfect time. Like there is no perfect time and it's not going to be a perfect situation. It'll be like, yeah, good enough. And it always goes back to if it works for you, it makes sense. Go forward with it. Hey, if rates drop, cool. Refi. Mm -hmm. If they go up, awesome. You're locked in. Mm -hmm. Um, so something that I learned actually at uh, just a few days ago, like we talked about the two one buy down um, on uh, rates, and I was talking with someone. And I was talking, like you know, when I first heard it, I was a big fan of the two one buy down because it really drops the payment for a while. And I was like, actually, you know, with the expectation of rates dropping, why would you do that? Then refine, give it up. And I was, I had misunderstood the program. Where it's actually not a true rate buy down. <laughs> it's escrowed. It's escrowed. Yeah. yeah. I did not know this until like three days ago. Yeah. And I was like, wow, I was wrong. Um, again, I'm not a lender. Uh, that's why I say always, hey, here's the idea. Go talk to lender and he or she will tell you what to do. But I was, you know, for it, against it. And I'm like, oh, I'm for it again because I've talked to a couple of lenders and basically like the two one buy down works is what you just did this, right? Preston? Yep, Why don't you talk it. about that since you did it? Yeah. So basically the, the two one buy down, um, obviously you're buying the rate down for the first two years, but they put it in escrow. Um, and so that money goes towards, you know, your monthly payment every month to make up the difference between the two payments. But if you refi before the end of the first two years, you actually get refunded, whatever the difference is and whatever's left in your escrow account. Yeah. So oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So I think the two one buy down is a poor name for it because <laughs> when you say buy down points, that's usually, Hey, I, if I buy down a point, that money is it's gone. gone. Yeah. Right. Um, that's not the this, case. And this is where, Hey, the money's being put in a, a checking account, essentially an escrow account. Your rate's the same, but if you got $5,000 in there, they're going to take $300 a month, one dollars mm-hmm. a month, two. But if you refi, that money's still in the account. That money's still in the account. And yep. you'll get it back. You get it back. Yeah. So that was something that uh, I didn't have clarification on. I figured probably a lot of other people didn't as well. Yeah, that was one of the, the big attractive factors for me because, you know, I have a feeling rates are probably going to be a lot different in two years than where they're at now, hopefully lower. Um, but, you know, for me, it was just a good insurance policy, right? Cool. I can buy the rate down for the first two years. Helps me keep some cash in the bank. If things aren't better in two or three years, cool. I don't need to refi. I'm still at a decent rate, but I thought there was a lot of opportunity there depending on what happens. So in your case, did the seller pay for the two one buy down in your case? So they didn't. The only way they would do it is if I use their lender and their lender's rate was still more expensive um, than where I was at. So um, I just didn't feel comfortable with that. And I wanted to go with a lender that I knew and would work with. So um, we were able to use some of my concessions from my, you know, being a real estate agent Mm -hmm. to go towards some of that. um, And it just kind of made sense. Do you get it at a discount? So it costs X amount to do the two one buy down, but 
the difference that's being escrowed each month equals more than that. Is that kind of how that works? Okay. Interesting. And uh, just to clarify, I mean, that is for owner-occupied properties, yes. not investment properties, but that's a very attractive thing. Now, free people are house hacking and nomading. Um, and something else, like, it's, I'm, I'm just been pleasantly surprised. I never thought about the, you know, one of the benefits of higher interest rates is there's a lot more different lending programs out there now. Like, there's margin, there's creativity that lenders mm-hmm. can do. And it seems like every time I talk to lender, they often have their own little, like, unique program or spin. I mean, there's even uh, a 3-1 buy-down. Really? Yep. Okay. But even for investment programs, like there's a lot of cool investor stuff out there, especially again to like doing seconds or refis or HELOCs, some really cool ways to tap in an equity, to go out there and reinvest or buy another property. Don't touch your cheap low debt, but put a HELOC, put a mm-hmm. second on there. So like the, in, uh, one of the things I'm focused on now is the silver lining. Yep. Uh, and that's when silver lines and higher interest rates. Again, love it if it's still at 4%. It's not. It's not. But now there's options to go out there and be a little more creative. Yeah. So if you're out there shopping, you're out there buying, or you're out there and have rental properties, go out there and get up to speed on the latest lending programs and definitely reach out and talk to a few lenders. If you need some recommendations, we have a bunch. Yeah, let we, us know. We keep our finger on the pulse between all the deals we do, but uh, it's definitely... Uh, worthwhile to spend more time on the lending component than I'd say in the past, just because there's a lot more options out there now. I would agree with that. And I think that that's one of the big factors that can make or break a deal right now is finding the right lending program, whether it's an investment property or owner occupied or whatever, like really sit down and look at all of the options because they can move the needle a lot. And if you're a cash buyer, yeah, that that's a great place to be in right now. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing I was talking to another lender and uh, she was like, oh yeah, we're closed on 10 days now. No problem. I was like, oh, well, Rushed, she's, nope, no rushed appraisal. Just like, they're so slow. The appraisers <laughs> have nothing to do. So, I mean, like, you know, a year ago, uh, you know, 10 days was extremely difficult. Rushed appraisal and all that. Like, yeah, now that's kind of like, yeah. It's I mean, normal. We can, we have to hustle some, but yeah. we can do it and no extra fees or no extra stuff just because <laughs> so many people along the food chain um, are, aren't as busy now. Yep. So definitely have the option to uh, close fast, close quickly for in the year if you're financing. So keep that in mind. All right, guys, we went through stats, ADUs, rates, rents, some buying opportunities. That's all for my checklist. Any other uh, talking points, tidbits, things you've learned the last month? Not really. I think, you know, it just kind of goes back to the theme of, of what we've been talking about is that there is opportunity out there. So get connected with your agent, figure out what that opportunity is for you because it's going to be different for everybody else. Um, and if you're in the position to do something before the end of the year, I think it's a really good time to buy. Yeah. And we are doing, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we did a webinar with Jeff White on three house hack underwrite deals. We're going to start doing more webinars and some active underwriting, moving away from doing some that on the podcast just that doesn't work for the current events. Uh, but Jeff underwrote three house hack properties at between a six to 7% interest rate. So higher than they were mm-hmm. today. And the numbers all made sense. Yep. Um, still worked out again, not like it was a year ago, but numbers still made sense. Like, okay, well, Hey, for, for house hacking and turn to rental, it makes sense. So if you guys want to copy that, reach out to us, we can share it with you. Um, but don't just look at the headlines, go out there, underwrite properties, work with your team and get their opinion on there as well. Because like I said, there are opportunities out there. 100%. Awesome. Awesome. Jenny, Stacy, Preston, thank you guys so much. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Chris. As always. Yep. All right. Uh, listeners out there, if you guys have any questions, reach out to us. If you need help in analyzing a property, finding a property, figuring out your game plan, reach out to us. That is what we love to do. 
Uh, we do it ourselves with our clients. And we'd love to help you out as well. So we'll see you next month.